Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And speaking of embracing life, it doesn't get much better than getting to chat with our guest today. I am thrilled that the one, the only, Vicki Lawrence is joining us to share what's going on in her life. And, of course, every boomer out there knows Vicki from the ever-so-colorful characters she created on The Carol Burnett Show. But what you might not know is Vicki debuted on that show in 1967, the year she graduated from high school. Of course, she played Carol's little sister, Chrissy, but as her acting chops grew and Vicki morphed into a vast array of memorable characters, always adding her trademark spirit and sass to the roles. But one of the most unforgettable characters, of course, was Carol's, a.k.a. Eunice's mouthy mother. And thankfully, the network liked Mama as much as we did. And years later, Mama's family was born. So without further ado, I welcome our very favorite Mama and Boomer as well, Vicki Lawrence. Wow, that was some introduction. I have nothing further to say. So goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a long one, but I just had to at least touch on some of these topics. What a life you have led. And, you know, you're still going strong and doing all sorts of things. I am. Why, just this morning, my my new puppy pulled me down. <laughs> and I went oh, falling no. in the park, and I went, oh, my God, how embarrassing. <laughs> Well, still making a name for yourself and drawing attention to yourself, right, Vicky? Oh, dear, the the old lady with the puppy. <laughs> I'm trying to train <laughs> well, him in quite a handful, and I was reading on a, a website. It said one of the big mistakes that people make in training is they're too old when they get a puppy, and I, I just started laughing. <laughs> oh, here I am, the old lady with the puppy, number one mistake. <laughs> Oh, well, of course, talking to old, you are talking to a peer, so we will just kind of say that we are ladies of a certain maturity level. Oh, we are. And thank God Mama's an old lady. I can kind of grow into that character, you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, she, you and she have been friends for years, and you've continued that friendship. Uh, I know you do a, which I love, a two-woman show, you and Mama together, although I would imagine that you've been sidelined for a little bit with all the COVID stuff going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The agent keeps calling and saying, we're pushing this date back to next July. I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll see. Oh, I don't know how, yeah. they're gonna, how they're going to figure out the theaters, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure we'll figure out something. Well, I know, Vicki, you have legions of fans, and everybody wants to see you. And, of course, right next to you, Mama's right up there, too. So, But before we go uh, too much further, I know you have a personal mission that you want to share today, and I want to get to that, but I do have to ask you a little bit about those early days because back in 1967, to get in front of millions of people and do what you did, what an, what an incredible life you've led. Yeah, I've been a very, very lucky girl. <laughs> My career has been very serendipitous, hasn't it? You know what? I thought I was going to uh, be a dental hygienist. I thought I was going to uh, go to college, 
learn how to clean teeth, marry a rich dentist, and hang it up. I have talked to many women who are married to dentists who say, boy, did you get lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know Miss Fireball had a little something to do with that. I think you've only told that story about 487 million times. But if you don't mind, just glossing over it lightly for any of those few boomer uh, listeners out there who might not be aware of just how serendipitous your career really was. Well, when I was a senior in high school, first of all, I was told that I looked like Carol Burnett from the very first day that I entered high school. I was a guy in my social studies class. I wish to heck I could run into him. He He walked in. It was our first day in high school. He sat down behind me. He tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around. He said, you look like Carol Burnett. And I said, well, you look like Abraham Lincoln. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> Abe didn't have his own show. Uh, but uh, what happened was I entered this whole contest my senior year. It was called Miss Fireball, and the newspaper gal was going to be the entertainment for the fireman's ball. And they were going to call a little contest. And the newspaper lady that wrote the article about the upcoming event said that I looked like a young Carol Burnett. So my mom said to me, why don't you write her a fan letter? And I said, okay, because, I mean, I knew she was, but I can't say that I, I mean, I wasn't busy trying to copy her or anything. I, I just, I knew who she was. But most of my television crushes were the young guys on all the westerns and all of that. I mean, you got a boomer audience, so they'll remember Bobby Sherman and they'll remember Johnny Crawford oh. and they will, yes. They'll, they'll remember all those Paul Peters and who can forget Spin and Marty and all the other loves first loves that we had. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so uh, I wrote her a letter. I told her I'd love to meet her someday. That everybody said I looked like her. Um, I enclosed this little article, uh, you know, from the contest, so she wouldn't think I was a, a you know, nut basket. I mailed it off to her. It man, I think I addressed it to Carol Burnett, CBS Hollywood, uh, because oh she God. had been on a show. The most recent show she had been on at the time was a very short-lived variety show that she did with Bob Newhart called The Entertainers. And I watched that show because I had a crush on John Davidson. He was like the young male singer on the show. So that's more or less how I knew her. I, ha- I don't really remember the Gary Moore show. I vaguely remember seeing Once Upon a Mattress when it was on television. But anyway, so this letter managed to land on her desk uh, the day of the contest, she says. And uh, her her secretary at the time was her cousin. And she said, cuz, come in here. you got to read this letter. It's pretty cute. So she read the letter. She, on a hunch, decided she would take my dad's name out of the newspaper article, look us up in the phone book, and call me. Uh... She called me on the telephone, and she oh said, God. I want to come and see the contest. Um, she said, I'm very pregnant, so get me two seats way in the back, and I'm going <laughs> to sneak in and sneak out, and then I'll call you, and we'll have lunch and discuss your career, sweetie. And I I don't know what I did. I think, <laughs> I'm sure I was in shock with my mouth hanging open, but I went to the guy who was in charge of the contest. I need two seats way in the back, I said, and I don't want you to tell anybody. It's Carol Burnett. Don't tell anybody she's here. And, of course, he thinks I'm nuts. Uh, anyway, she came to the contest, which, interestingly enough for all those little boomers out there, was held at Hollywood Park, which is now the new Rams Stadium. 
so that's oh, where my. I was crowned Miss Fireball. That parking lot is where I learned to drive. That's where I lived, like spitting distance from uh, from the new Rams stadium. Um, anyway, so uh, she came and saw the contest. Uh, the guy that wasn't supposed to say anything got up on stage at the end of the contest and said, we have a very special guest. I'm hoping she'll come no. up on stage and crown the winner. So I'm thinking, well, great. Thanks for all of your help. <laughs> It's going to ruin my career before I ever get started. Oh, uh, anyway, she was very sweet. She came up on stage. She crowned me. She was in. A, she was like 14 months pregnant. She had a black turban mushed down over her bangs. She was kind of incognito, but she crowned me Miss Fireball. And that was in November of my senior year. In January, I came and heard nothing all through the holidays. Uh, January came, and I walked in from school one afternoon. My mom said, they just announced on the radio that Carol had the baby. And I said, oh, thank God, because she was 14 months pregnant when I met her. So, and they announced, I mean, back in the day, they announced where she was. She was at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica. And uh, I was on my way to a recording session that night with the Young Americans, which is a group that I sang with when I was in high school. And um, uh, I said in my ride chair, I said, I'm going to just run, I want to run by the hospital and say hi. And he said, you can't get in to see Carol Burnett. I said, well, I know her married name now, so I'm going to try. So I, you know, marched in. I mean, none of this would happen nowadays. Nowadays, I would be arrested wow. or tased or who knows what. <laughs> Anyway, I went into the maternity ward. I said, I'm here to see Mrs. Hamilton. They said, oh, you must be your sister Chrissy. Wait till you see the baby. She'll be so happy oh, to see no. They took me right in her room. They thought I was her sister, which is who I first played on her show, her little sister Chrissy, which you mentioned. We did Carol and Sis, which was just loosely based on her life when she moved from L.A. to New York to pursue her career, and she took her younger sister with her and raised her. So that's kind of what that sketch was based on. But anyway, I started on her show, and uh, and the uh, I started at UCLA the same fall. Well, Vicky, well, the thing I think is, I know you had, you know, you had experience on the stage because you had toured with that group in high school, and you've got, of course, a beautiful voice. You've won a gold record, and all this, but. Still, I mean, when the when the cameras went on and you knew you were being beamed across the United States, how, the poise you must have had, or the total, you know, blackout, no, freakout. Oh yeah, <sighs> no, I was a total geek, Eileen. For God's sake, I I know it was just embarrassing. Matter of fact, our the first comedy director we had on the show. Uh, would take me at the lunch breaks. He'd say, "Let's just go work on." on just how you're doing this sketch. And I only had like four lines in the beginning in those little sketches. Uh, he said, so I want you, you're carrying your school books, come through the front door and put the books down and head towards the kitchen and call Carol. Carol. So I'd come in the, <laughs> okay, come in the front door, I'd throw my books down. He'd go, wait, 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 wait. Is that the way you walk in a door and throw your books down? I said, I think so. He said, God, we've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Oh, Vicky. I, was, <laughs> I was very gawky and geeky and all of those things. And I would watch the show when it was on on Saturday nights. I would literally cringe. It was like watching home movies to me. 
you know, and I would stand, I didn't have a lot of lines. I'd stand in the background like they almost always had me hang the coats <laughs> up in the closet. So I'm hanging the coats <laughs> up in the closet. And, I, you know, you're looking at Harvey Corman and Carol Burnett, and they're doing this little exchange downstage. And beyond them, you see this wash of an audience out there. And I was just like, oh, my God, snap out of it because you have a line coming up. It was, I mean, it was really baptism by fire kind of. Wow. Really well, look where that baptism yeah. has taken you, Vicki. You have just gone on to also bring us such joy over the years. I mean, what a delight to get to actually talk with you and gush a little bit like the rest of your fans. But no, I actually know, too, you uh, you have a message to share, and I want to make sure we leave time for that because it's really important. And I thought what a wonderful thing for you to do to kind of put a face to this condition and talk about I'm going to let you name it because it's a matter Mouthful, but the initials are CIU. So take it from here, Vicki. Okay, so CIU is a chronic form of hives that uh, has no known cause, and um, it's difficult to diagnose because of that. I was diagnosed about 10 years ago. I um, broke out in hives, and when I went to the allergist, he said, you know, almost everybody has a bout with hives one time or another in their life. We're not going to worry about it. I said, am I doing all those horrible tests, you know, find out what it is? He said, no, 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 yeah. we'll get rid of it. Don't worry about it. It'll it'll go. Well, we spent six weeks doing everything you can think of that you would throw at an allergic reaction, everything. Meanwhile, I was wow. covered in hives, and they if you touch them or itch them at all, they would meld together, and then the little islands would turn, and they'd mush together and turn into continents and I I remember looking at my skin often uh, when this was going on and wondering if I was ever going to have normal looking skin again it was just bizarre and um, I know so uh, six weeks we go through everything you can think of meanwhile I have become proficient at taking cold showers turning the nozzle down till it's so cold I can't (sighs) stand it and I'm shivering and and slathering menthol lotion all over myself. I was convinced that anything hot was causing it. I'd sit on the edge of the bed and just shiver and hope that I could fall asleep a little while and maybe they oh. would go down a little bit. So, they, you know, they can come and go, they can come and go. But for those of us who have this chronic condition, uh, there's no known cause for it. So uh, you're thinking, of course you're thinking, I've done something wrong. I ate a bad shrimp. I've changed my laundry detergent. Uh, I need to, you know, figure out what new cosmetic I'm using. And all of your friends have the answers for you. Uh, my daughter said, go on an elimination diet. One of our best friends said, you got to stop drinking red wine. It's the tannins in that damn red wine. I said, well, the red wine yeah. is the only thing that's getting me through this whole mess. Um, anyway, six weeks, we go through everything you can think of. And he says to me, one day, I walk in the office for my appointment. He said, I'm going to diagnose you with chronic idiopathic urticaria. And I went, oh, what? hold on. <laughs> Slow down. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> what in the wow. hell? He said, chronic means that it has now lasted more than six weeks. Uh, idiopathic means I can't tell you why it's happening. And urticaria is the fancy doctor word for hives. Well, come to find out there are 1.6 million of us in the country that have CIU. I, of course, Googled it and looked everywhere, and the best that I could find was a chat room here or there with people going, oh, my God, has this happened to you? Oh, my God, what is this? 
but there was no good information. So I was fortunate that my allergist was familiar with CIU, so we were able to uh, get together a plan that has managed my hives. I haven't seen them in a lot of years. Um, but a few years ago, I had an opportunity to join this website uh, that is supported by the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. It's made possible by Genentech and Novartis. And the program is called CIU and U. So the website is CIUandU.com. And uh, I, yeah, I'm the poster child for hives. But I'm happy to be because I feel like everybody who, I mean, it's 1.6 million. It's not the COVID-19 or anything. But, you know, there are a lot of us that have it that are looking for answers. I've talked to people that have been looking for years, literally, for answers. Uh, that have given up their hobbies. They've stopped horseback riding. They've moved because uh. they're sure it's the house. They they keep, you know, huge diaries of one woman saw um, that I talked to, and I think she might be on the uh, website because they, uh, they recorded it. Like we did like a chat, uh, a bunch of us, me and a bunch of um, patients as well. And uh-huh. she said she saw 26 doctors for two years before she got the correct diagnosis. And, oh my uh, gosh! I know. So uh, I think just bringing awareness to it, even to doctors, I feel like doctors are now a little more aware of it. If they're not treating it, at least they're aware of it, and they can maybe, if they don't treat it, send you in the right direction. So the the thing I just want to tell people is get on the website, listen to my story, listen to the interview that we did, the whole group thing. There are downloadable materials that will encourage you to track your hives, keep a diary, take lots of pictures when they when you are breaking out, you know, because it's going to be like when your car is rattling and you take it into the service man and it doesn't do a damn thing. That's how the hives are Exactly. Be. Yeah, the day you get to the doctor, you'll be looking great. <laughs> so it would be nice but to be But that's a really good pictures. point. I, yeah, no, I never would have thought of that. But now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're lucky. We all have our little phones. We can snap pictures of everything, and, and you can keep a little diary so that when you do find the the guy that is familiar with CIU, you can be you can take charge. You can say this is what's happened, and this, and you can be proactive about about yourself because it will be it's going to be six at least six weeks before you can get that diagnosis. So you want to be prepared when you find the right doctor. You know. So it's a great website. It's got lots of information for people. It will make people feel, I hope, a little calmer about their search, uh, just to know that you're not alone, that there are a lot of other people that are going through this too. And um, I'm just proud to be a part of it. Well, Vicki, I, I think for one thing, that's that's where your celebrity and, you know, the, the fact that people adore you and trust you and all that, you can really, like you say, put a, put an important face. I will call you a VIP. <laughs> but, but a, you know, a funny a face. face. To, you to know, this, maybe you this. can laugh your way through those hives. <laughs> maybe you can. Maybe you can. Well, you know, because I think, too, I mean, having hives, and especially if, you know, you don't know why, why they came or what started them, I can imagine how frustrating it would be to think gee do i cut out the blueberries in my cereal do i, I this do i that and but before we yep. go i know october 1st is a special date so i'm going to ask you about that it's a world urticaria day who knew there's actually a, who knew i did not ever know until i got urticaria 
<laughs> just a, just a day to bring awareness to this and to remind people to get on com if you think this is you. I can't tell you how many times I've done interviews and it, like at a television station, and the stage manager will whip his headphone off at the end of the interview and go, I right, will call my sister. I think this is her. She's been having problems wow. for years. And it happens more uh, more than I would expect. It happens. You know, I'm going to call. I have a friend, and I think this might be him. You know? It, it does affect more women than it does men, uh, twice as many women as men, but men can also... Uh, get it and just I, the important thing is to not blame yourself know that it's not something you've done for those of us who have this chronic condition it's it's something that can be managed if you find the right allergist uh, so it's treatable but it's not curable well Vicki this has been so helpful I want to thank you for your time and again before I let you go I keep saying that because I don't want to let you go but I know you have other <laughs> things maybe to do today but before I do, um, do do we have any chance? Like you said, your agent keeps calling you, but I'd sure love to see Mama again <laughs> and live on that show, on that stage with the two women oh, show. Between- yeah, it's super fun. It really is fun. Mama features herself quite the Chris Rock. She thinks she's very, very funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's quite pleased with herself. Uh, basically, I open for her. But anyway, the thing to do would be to get on my website for that, which is VickiLawrence.com, and uh, I'm trying to keep that schedule updated. Uh, right now, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the year. Uh, and boy, do I miss seeing my peeps. But hopefully yeah, I'll get out there you. next year. Hopefully we'll get things uh, straightened out by next year. Well, that sounds great to me, Vicki, and I'm being one of your peeps, I'm very, very appreciative of the time you spent sharing, of course, your very engaging personality with us and also that important information you brought us. So uh, I, I urge everyone out there, please do check out Vicki's site and, and check out the, again, one more time, the CIU site. What is that again? T- C I U and U dot com. It's all spelled out C I U A N D Y O U. C I U and U dot com. Okay, well, that is a very important. And also, if you have the, you know, a, that condition, you think you might, I think Vicki's words were well, well taken. You know, take photos, keep a diary. You have to wait six weeks to be officially designated with it. But um, I think that, uh, you know, again, your words will help a lot of people, Vicki. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.